0: Hello, and welcome to part four of Automation Station. Now, so far in this series, we've put some definition on the meaning of automation in an enterprise context, and sought to provide some guidance on deploying automation, both in terms of piloting and implementation at scale. Today, we turn our attention to the application's development and maintenance landscape. Why? Well, because it's been our experience that organizations are turning to their core functions to move beyond routine service provision and become key business enabling units. For most progressive companies, it's the IT department that's stepping up as the business-leading innovation partner and automation is their flagship tool. I'm Brian Doherty and to help me find out what's driving this newfound faith in IT, I'm joined by Gary James, who is head of Capgemini's ADM Next offer in Europe and has an extensive career in sales and go-to-market strategy around application services. Gary, you're very welcome.
1: Hi, Brian. Good to be on a podcast again.
0: Also joining me is Martin Snellgrove. Martin has served many years as a business development leader, including, lucky him, five years here at Capgemini before joining software powerhouse Red Hat where he is now an Alliance Manager facing off to systems integrators like ourselves. Martin, you're very
2: welcome. Thank you so much, Brian. And uh, yeah, real pleasure to join both of you today. Gary, if I could start with you, is there something of a renaissance happening for IT? And
0: if so, why?
1: Yes, I would say there is. And there's probably a number of factors that that kind of contribute to this. We've recently done a, a paper looking at what is driving some of this change and i think you can probably you could probably come up with at least two things that 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 are very important and and contributing to it first of all there is there's a heck of a lot of change and evolution going on around new technologies even before the the recent you know crisis and pandemic there was a lot of new technologies maybe mobile iot you know mixed reality augmented and virtual realities really getting into the hands of consumers and putting them in a place where you know the, some of the things that had been promised for many years were now available since the pandemic it's it's almost like a, a, a crisis has created accelerated evolution and it's that ability to take some of the technology that maybe was in pilot stage before the pandemic and turn that into something that is tangible, value-adding, I think that is really, you know, the, the two contributing factors that make a difference. So what we're seeing now is that expectation that, you know, whether it be consumers or even B2B clients want, and what IT can finally deliver at the enterprise level, that's, you know, that gap is closing. So business can expect things, IT can now deliver. The challenge then becomes, how will IT make that change to actually deliver some of these things? Yeah, so it needs to deliver simplified, convergent services to the end customer, but to do it over the top of what is a legacy environment and can can currently be quite, you know, complex, divergent, um, and unfortunately, ever expanding. So yeah, I think a renaissance, definitely, but still some challenging times.
0: Well, let's come on to facing that challenge in a moment, Martin. If I could ask you, really, maybe just to kind of you know support and give your view on something Gary said there around you know kind of new technology and the end consumer driving the pace of technological change. How are you seeing that demand on a day-to-day basis at Red Hat?
2: Yeah, so so I think. In in terms of us engaging, you know, with some of our, you know, direct customers and customers we work with Capgemini on as well, it's very much about really time to market. We're seeing businesses having to respond quicker and faster. We're also seeing the end customer, the consumer, you know, wanting to consume, you know, products and services in many different ways as well. And for us, what that leads to obviously is around the development of the applications and the platforms and the developers. And we've seen certainly from a Red Hat perspective a real focus on the developer being the developers being almost whereas in the old days you know when i started my career you know it's very much it uh, was in control and sort of driving everything but now it it's very much you know how do we support and enable the developer to develop faster quicker we're also seeing obviously as we mentioned you know changing times of course people having to take control of, of what they have and a lot of what they have isn't necessarily modern applications. What they have is a lot of legacy applications. So also we're seeing clients embrace and consider new technology that are all already secure and stable. So looking at the power of automation, looking at the power of cloud platforms, looking at the power of containerization of applications, looking at cloud native application development as well. You know, How do they respond to the next demand from their customer base and respond to it very quickly in an agile manner. So so absolutely, we're seeing that sort of eyes wide open, quite frankly, in terms of understanding what are the op- technology, what are the options there, but more importantly, how do they incorporate that into the existing organization and address that demand that's coming down?
0: And, and I, I guess,
2: I mean, how do they address that demand? Simple question with a a much bigger answer, of course. Um, (laughs) So I I think, you know, a lot of this does come down to to keeping it simple, but simple is not always easy. We have seen uh, a lot of customers look to cloud as the answer. Uh, And again, looking at that and saying, well, you know, that will fix everything that we need to fix. But of course, we all know it doesn't. Purely. You know, engaging a more agile way of consuming IT, it's not as simple as that. And so we find often they bump into a lot of legacy constraints through that journey, and they find that you know a high percentage of what they have can go into that direction. But then there's also a lot of complexity in their own organization that can. And so they've got to really start to understand a little bit, be a little bit more smarter. I think it's helped a lot of organizations doing that migration and movement in terms of gaining some control. And now we are seeing right now, uh, a lot of clients have done maybe 50, 60% of that, looking at saying, actually, what we need to do is understand what is our transformation based on what our business imperatives are. How do we start to prioritize and take action around those areas? When you get into that next layer of understanding, of course, it is about ensuring that they're satisfying the demand from the business uh, which is again back to those applications and back to those platforms supporting the business and enabling that to happen seamlessly almost so that the consumers of these services IT services uh, within their business they don't have to ask it's already there before they need it so again you know looking at enabling automation across your your entire business you know very much automation first is also a key initiatives that some are looking at but again you know it's not one initiative it's many things and prioritizing those in the right order to get the business requirements that they need
0: and we i mean we started the 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 podcast i described what i termed a newfound faith in in it and i want to explore a little bit more about the relationship between, you know, the business in inverted commas and, and the IT department. And it seems to me that IT is much more business savvy. Martin, you've just alluded to that, much more aligned to business goals. Could, could I ask you both maybe to comment on that, If you know, that kind of um, blurring of the divisions of the lines between the business and IT?
2: Yeah, certainly. So, so a lot of this comes down to, you know, development and operations and again this has been talked about by many but not necessarily implemented and again we see that balance of power quite frankly within many enterprises in terms of well who's in control you know is it the operators or is it the developers and actually it's getting that balance right brings the most reward for organizations so yes you know historically we've seen you know it's it there and the business there But more and more we're seeing blurring, quite frankly, between the two where developers now do operations and operators do development as well. And it's taking on quite a challenge, quite frankly, in terms of organizing that within these massive enterprises, which typically have been a number of different sort of towers, you know, be it the storage tower, the server tower, et cetera, et cetera. So embracing that sort of change is Less about technology sometimes and more about the people and the organization as well.
1: I think you're right. And I I kind of extend the vision of the people. If you think about it, when it comes to really delivering on the commitments that we have nowadays from an IT perspective, especially when innovation is kind of on the up and the up, we're really talking about a supply chain of people or or, the term that's most often used is an ecosystem. So it's kind of important as a partnership working with the customer to, to to look at what is the ecosystem. So if you're the customer, to think about not just one provider, but think about how you organize your processes to work with different third parties in your ecosystem to, to create what is quite often quite a diverse and complex network of partners. Uh, you know, some of your external third-party suppliers will be really important in delivering those skills that are maybe not so important to keep anymore. In the same way that automation can be a way to drive operational efficiency and to reduce cost. In the same way, identifying third parties and including them in a a very uh, flexible ecosystem can do exactly the same thing. I think the important thing for me in in all of this, because there's there, there will always be new technology coming out, yeah? new ideas, new things, you know, new toys for want of a better term. The important thing is really to think about what's the long term focus. Take a holistic, big picture view from a from an organization perspective, and think about what the business priorities are. Yeah? Then align your intentions and your ecosystem then to those priorities to ensure that they're helping IT to ultimately support the business on its transformational journey. Yeah. And so, whereas maybe over the last few years, a lot of IT providers have really focused on cost and therefore become suppliers, they really need to step up and become a true partner. And so they need to exhibit the right qualities, the right capabilities to not just deliver it services but to focus on those business imperatives that are important to each and every organization
0: i i think it's a really interesting really important point that you make there gary as well and 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 i should mention in a future episode of this podcast we will come on to look even more at that ecosystem and how, you know, it is driving new ways of kind of post-pandemic working as well. I guess we must bear in mind the podcast is all about automation. And we've talked a little bit about, about automation in this area. Both Martin and Gary, you've both mentioned automation. But we haven't really explored it in in any depth and maybe that's an indication that automation is you know is integrated or or expected martin when we talk about it infrastructure or or applications wh- what are we talking about in terms of you know kind of w- where we're seeing automation deployed and and reaping benefits today
2: it, it it's a good question and uh, and actually i guess to expand our thinking a little you know when we look at automation from red hat it, there's at least sort of really six areas, you know, it's automation of infrastructure, applications of containers as well that are supporting applications, security, networks, and cloud as well. So automation is everywhere. It's no longer a small application that you install on one server and, and write a few scripts anymore. It really has transformed. Through. And again, as, as many of, of our listeners today sort of would understand, Red Hat comes at this from an open source perspective. You know, we're a firm believer in terms of using communities uh, to work together to develop software. And obviously what Red Hat does is to make that easily consumable for the enterprise. Interestingly enough, you know, when we look at our solution around automation, you know, today it's the seventh largest contribution by developers and people on GitHub today. So it is massive. We also see a huge amount of focus on it from every single organization. But I think, you know, in terms of embracing the power of automation, and we've published many sort of views on this, you know, it is a step-by-step process. It is about stepping in and trying it in one of those six areas. We've seen customers uh, like Microsoft, for example, there's a public case on our our RedHat.com around how they've leveraged the power of automation for their networks. And as everybody can probably understand, it's a a very complicated network platform in terms of how they run that today. And again, they've embraced embraced the power uh, of Ansible, which is our automation solution, initially to help themselves. And their feedback was that now that they've helped themselves, they are now pushing back to the community around things that they are doing that others can benefit from. So the power of automation isn't a tool anymore. The power of automation is very much that community around those six areas where people are now contributing common things that they do. So you no longer have to you know, install the product and think, well, what am I going to intimate or automate? Everything is available there now from the community. And of course, you can just pick those up, modify and use those, what we call playbooks themselves and share those back to the community. And again, through the power of that community, we've seen it grow rapidly. And from our perspective, automation is at the center of everything we do now.
0: I, I love that. I love that concept, that automation, as you said, automation is not a tool anymore. It's a community. That's that's a fascinating um, perspective. Gary, your view?
1: Yeah, I'd pick up on the last thing that we said about automation being at the heart of everything we do, but you know. My kind of background is around SAP and business process. So I'm kind of n- not necessarily technical, but when it comes to business process and the way we deliver ADM services going forward, again, automation is at the heart of what we do. ADM services traditionally were incident-based, you know, reactive wait for something to happen, react to it, do it as fast as you can. The trend, or even what we're doing today, is far more proactive. Rather than being cost-based, it's now more of an insurance-based function where we use the tooling. Within Capgemini, we have the Capgemini Intelligent Automation Platform. We use that as a way to actually predict when issues are going to happen and then proactively fix them. Uh, So we're not just waiting for for issues. We're moving forward and, I suppose, shift left the problem, react to the alert, stabilise the business process and make it more resilient. So that's a big change in the way that services are delivered to more uh, process, but there's also a positive spin-off in that many of the automation tools that we use in order to, to achieve that, things like you know artificial intelligence, machine learning, some of the, the robotic process automation tools as well, can be repurposed to focus on the business process. And whilst we're increasing stability in the application and the infrastructure state, we're also using exactly the same tooling to drive forward business process improvement. So, you know... In short, across both IT and business using uh, our Capgemini Intelligent Automation Platform, we can drive more efficiency, so operational excellence, improving time to results and reducing cost on a particular business process, but also more agility then by bringing together the different components into this ecosystem concept we touched on. So that we can drive a far more, far more efficient, multi-speed, flexible landscape. Ultimately, what that allows us to do then, which is really what we're, you know, the key focus in any of this, is to drive more innovation, less inefficiencies, and more business benefits. Yeah? So, automation becomes that key enabler to deliver a far more value adding service. And a far more focused service on business outcomes, not just IT outcomes.
0: Indeed. Well, I think we've covered a lot of ground uh, in the past few minutes, but it's crystal ball time now for you both. I wonder, maybe to finish, if we could ask you both to note one absolutely essential consideration for applications development and maintenance for the coming, um, let's say, couple of years.
1: I think an absolutely essential consideration is alignment to business there are a whole raft of tools toys all them you know many things that it people can get very focused on and enjoy doing things with but unless we keep the business and the ultimate outcome in business terms at front of mind we can waste a lot of time so let's make sure we keep any automation discussion, let's keep the business at the front of it.
0: Wise words. Thank you. And Martin?
2: Yeah, so I absolutely agree with Gary there. I, I would add, you know, f- for me, it's about choice. And I think Gary touched on this a little bit earlier about, you know, taking a long-term view. And what we find is that when you look at, obviously, a, a development platform an application, there's a lot of complexity in there. You have a lot of providers and a lot of solutions in there, too keeping it open and knowing that you've got choice not just today but in the future if you choose to change things and that you don't experience lock-in or certain sort of dead ends in terms of things you've got to throw away and start again it is critical so i think when you look at an organization to engage with to help you you know be that from the services or from a solution perspective you've got to keep it open and have that choice now and in your long-term vision as well
0: Thanks, Martin. Well, that's it. Let me say thank you first off to both Gary James and Martin Snellgrove. Thank you, gentlemen, for your time, your participation and, of course, your insights. In the next podcast, I've mentioned it earlier, we'll be rather ambitiously exploring the future of work. And I promise you that'll be more than about just managing home workers. But uh, Gary and Martin, thank you very much both. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Automation Station, which was produced and edited by the Capgemini Social Content Studio written and presented by me, Brian Doherty, with original music from Abishu Ratchett.